Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast, brought to you by our friends at Dodge. Dodge was ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So visit Dodge.com to schedule a test drive and get some more information. Man, coming up on this show, we're going to touch on what's going on with Rimac, the crazy amount of speed they're making on their new all-electric vehicle, delays on the Bronco, updates on that, Mustang Mach 1. But very happy to have our good friend Simon Pagano join us. Uh, uh, Indy 500 winner in 2019, just placed third at the most recent Indy 500 race. We're going to get into it. What happened? How do you make it? Uh, how do you pull it off? Um, before we get started, a word from, a rent, from, from our friends at Empire Covers. Man, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Slurring my words. You know, nowadays, cars are designed to keep you safe on the road, but are you providing the same protection for your car off the road? Empire Covers. They offer high-quality, affordable covers engineered to protect against rain, UV rays, tree sap, pollen, pretty much anything that damages the vehicle. And for premium protection, try their American Armor cover. It's proudly made in their Kentucky factory, and they've got covers for RVs, boats, motorcycles, and more. You know, all their covers come with a free multi-year warranty. And here's the deal we have for you. You get free shipping plus an extra 15% off your entire order with promo code CARCAST. Visit empirecovers.com slash CARCAST. Use code CARCAST at checkout. It's empirecovers.com. Protect what you love. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. DeAndre here with Bill Goldberg. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, buddy boy. How you doing? Well, you don't have your jacket on. You don't have sleeves on, so I guess the weather warmed up. <laughs> yeah, it's as humid as Miami, Florida out there right now. About to uh, endure another thunderstorm, hailstorm, whatever the hell. So, you know. Every 15 minutes, the weather changes. Obviously. I'm sure it'll be freezing here in a little while. <laughs> right. 
Uh, well, good to see you. We're getting excited. We're coming up on our on our Barrett Jackson auction, and uh, we've got some some fun things happening out there. Hopefully, you guys listen. We'll see you out there. We've got uh, uh, Bill's got his, his motorcycle going up on the auction block. We're um, figuring out all the details on that. The description is up on the Barrett Jackson site. So, you know, if you guys are interested in something like that, we'd love for you to bid on it. And um, uh, you Just know, a little FYI, you better be over six foot tall if you if you want to drive. Right. Or we got to move the pegs around. <laughs> Just yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of, 100%. it was definitely fitted for you, but, uh, saw the detailed photos. It looks pretty cool. Um, and, uh, you know, it could be, I don't know, it could be something fun to ride if you're into that or something to collect and show off. And if you're into that too, but at least it's, I got to uh, say it was my favorite bike of the three that I had uh, Jesse, Jesse build, but you know, at, uh, this accelerated age, it, it, it's not the most comfortable thing driving down the road. But, um, you know, hey, with less than 100 miles on it, the thing's 18 years old. I figured it's time to let somebody else have some fun. And uh, your buddy Danny over in Vegas has freshened it up a little bit, make sure it's in tip-top shape. Yeah, you know, the thing sat around, like I said, for about 18 years with less than 100 miles on it. The thing was more of a, a, a showpiece just sitting there than anything within the transit of – California to the Texas and sitting in storage. And did it. Yeah, I need a little freshening up. And Danny's right there in uh, in Vegas, and I thought it was the right thing to do. And he's a great dude and got some great people working for him. And, uh, you know, he, he loves the bike, too. And now he brought it back to its original state, if not even nicer than it was when I first got it. But I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. And uh, handing the keys over to some lucky man or woman that purchased my bicycle. Bicycle, motorcycle. Bicycle, bicycle, <laughs> motorcycle. It's 160 horsepower motors or bicycle. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool piece. It's definitely a cool piece. Uh, also, um, you, as you guys know, we're launching a Bravago, launching our hard seltzer out there. We've got a bar up there. We've got a big public bar. And I'm trying to explain where it's going to be, but uh, the the arena or the bullpen where the auction happens and there's bleachers on the sides for all the VIP box boxes, mm-hmm. we're at the entrance of that arena. So one of the VIP boxes that'll be sort of above, you know, you'll see our sign hanging on the back of the bleachers that'll say Bravago, mm-hmm. and you can come up and, uh, and, and try our drink. We would love for you guys to do that. Obviously, if you come over and you buy several of them, will we be invited back? <laughs> And do another one of these events, and everybody's happy. Uh, we're trying to uh, lock down uh, something fun, like come have a drink with us, come have a drink with Bill, come have a drink with me uh, at the bar. We're gonna do we're gonna do it uh, a Friday, Saturday. It's gonna be kind of a small window, but uh, hopefully you guys will come over. We'll have our social media team, and we'll take some pictures, and everybody says hi, and we can. Have a have a drink and see how you guys like it. Get some feedback. See what else you want from us in the future. Um, we're thinking something like a Friday afternoon and a Saturday afternoon, but we don't have the full schedule from Barry Jackson, so we can't lock in a time. Uh, I would just say, well, stay tuned. Yeah. So do this. Just uh, just follow us, of course, uh, Bill and I on, on social media, and we'll we'll plug it. But also just drink uh, drink Bravago. Follow that account on social media. We'll plug it there as well. I'm sure Bear Jackson. I'm looking forward to wearing the barkeep apron and, and uh, <laughs> serving drinks. Yeah, come have a drink with us. Bill's going to be the bar uh, bartender there, and he's going to be uh, pouring and 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 
Whatever Don't we expect do. me yeah. to do all the twirling with the hands and everything <laughs> yeah, that everybody. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not uh, Tom Cruise and cocktail. We don't have to do all that. But uh, all right, I think you guys will like it. Um, uh, if not, just come over, pretend you do, and we'll we'll all be happy about it. Exactly, and then I'll <laughs> empty the can, and then I'll smash it on my head and sign it. And give it to you. <laughs> uh, all right, so that'll be fun. Uh, we want to tell you guys about our friends over at Geico. You guys own your home or you rent your home, and we know that can be a lot of hard work. But you know what's easy? It's bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And we all know that's a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to geico.com and get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Oh, so news is coming in. Reaching out to my friends at uh, at Ford recently. Had a nice little chat with them yesterday. Saying what's going on? Did you get on? any answers? On yeah. Vehicle? So just a, a few <laughs> Let's things. Let's cut to the chase, man. It must have been a. You must have got something positive if 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 you stated that it was a good conversation. Well, it was a good conversation because they're always fun to talk to and very kind of honest with me about stuff well, maybe not then. and uh <laughs> and you know we we always kind of we're very when we have our conversations we kind of have very detailed conversations over what can be said and what can't be said and they give us a lot of latitude on what can be said so uh unfortunately the the chip shortage that is affecting multiple industries of course What's happening is is chips are coming in now, but slowly, and the vehicles are just so backlogged that this problem is gonna is is gonna bleed into the rest of this year, potentially into the beginning of next, next year. year as well. So, uh, what does that mean? Uh, it means, um, you know. Even big money makers for a company like Ford, like an F one fifty, is this is going to put a this is going to be a big blow toward their their revenue. And of course, my conversation was with Ford, so that's my reference point. But all the car companies are basically feeling this. So any of the trucks and cars and stuff that that you want to buy, they're all kind of having this issue. Um, you know, as you guys know, on on the Mach one. Uh, the chip issue has has caused a delay. I was told it was going to be built May 9th, and now they're saying um, – or May 15th or something. Mid-day. So the chips are also affecting the electric vehicles? Uh, I believe everything. Yeah, I believe everything. everything. So, uh, so now the Mustang Mach 1 that I ordered is scheduled to be built August 9th. And it takes about 30 days to get it over here. It, it's inspections. It gets wrapped up in multiple trains and gets to the dealer and the dealer does their prep and whatever. It takes about a month to do. That was a three-month push, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a three-month push. But they're also saying that's not a, a locked-in date. So <laughs> they're saying we need a little bit of latitude with this date. I was like, well, it doesn't really matter at this point. You know, yeah, I mean, what can I do? I said, look, it, fortunately, it's like this isn't this isn't 
you know, life or death for me. This isn't like job or no job for me. You know, like I can't get to work. Uh, fortunately, we, we're lucky enough to drive other cars. I've got a truck. I've got other things to drive. So um, we're in that position. So I said, you know, not a big deal. Don't worry about it. But what does this mean for everybody else that is ordering vehicles that are more important to them? And they said, you know, the delays are are definitely going to be a, a factor um, across the board for everything. And then, of course, that's driving up used car prices. And then the uh, the Vegas trip, as I was talking to uh, some of the team that we, we work with saying, hey, we got to get the film crew out there. We got to get photographers out there. We've got to get our sales guys out there. And they said, yeah, everything seems you know easy. Hotel rooms, flights. They go, but renting a car – they're like, oh, my yeah. God, the, the car rental is a fortune. And uh, I was like, yeah, if you need to rent like an SUV because you're doing like a long haul or bringing stuff, it's, it's four or 500 bucks a day. You might uh, as well drive from LA. And it's, it's just talk about, just talk about bad luck. But so pandemic hits, car companies, the car rental companies are all but shut down, right? There's no travel. So, they're grasping for cash. So they sell off their fleets. They sell off whatever, 90% of their cars. Like we need cash, right? So we're just selling off as many cars as we can. I don't know, whatever, 80, 90%. If you're, if your local guy out here has got 40 cars on the lot, maybe he's got seven now, right? So what happened was is uh, the car rental companies, they sell all their stuff. They try to bring in money. And then things start to open up, so they go back to all their to the car manufacturers, their partners, and say, "Hey, we we want to buy some more cars now. Let's bring them in. We're buying them. We're leasing them. We're doing whatever we got to do." And the car companies go, "Yeah, we don't have anything. Yeah, good luck with that." <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have anything, and the car companies can't really like go out and and buy used cars. They've already got what they've got. So now. The car rental companies are stuck with very low inventory, and it's driving up the prices. Uh, and it's it's the whole, it's just a terrible cycle for them, right? Like they got some it's cash, ridiculous. they can't get cars now. So even though they've got uh, some cash to survive, they can't really generate revenue because they don't have a large enough fleet to rent cars out. So they have to jack up prices on the few cars they have. You know, it's supply and demand, and they need those prices to survive. They need those prices to survive. So (laughs) I don't know. Um, So it's going to, it's, it's, it's the whole thing's a little, the whole thing's a little nutty. The whole thing's a little silly. Um, Shit, I'm going into, I'm going into Diego, uh, you know, towards the end of July, and I think I'm paying like a grand a day for a Pinto or something, right? Oh, yeah. Listen, I was just in Colorado. I was like, give me the smallest, stupidest thing you got. And they're like, okay, 300 bucks a day. I'm like, (laughs) what's going on? I don't want to buy it. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) right. (laughs) If you would have bought that car, the payment would have been $98 a month. (laughs) 100%. Not a day or 300. (laughs) Yeah, or 300 bucks a day. Uh, Anyway, so that's going on. Uh, RIMAC. So we talked about RIMAC uh, a few weeks ago, and we saw... (laughs) The, the we saw like the scaled back test. He's like, oh, we're just doing two zero to sixty in two point eight seconds or something, or two point five seconds. And he goes, we've got the power turned down to about seventy five eighty percent, and you know we're going to continue to test. We, we definitely want to make the car we've always wanted to make. 
Well, the car three and a half million is that what? Uh, That's a good question. Where is the price on that? Let me see if that's in here. The Rimac. um, Let's see if I don't. I don't know if I have the price announced on it yet, but I I can't imagine. Two point four is the starting price. (laughs) Two point four million is the starting price. So the Rimac. Concept one, right? The C1 that they made was 1,224 horsepower. And, uh, you know, super fast, super crazy. The Rimac 2, which the uh, the Concept 2, they said wasn't going to be the name. They were just holding that name for now. And uh, it's going to call it's be called the Nevera. It's N-E-V-E-R-A, Nevera. And it's going to be... 1914 horsepower. Uh this is all electric as we as you guys know. It's got four motors. Uh let's see. 1740 pound feet of torque. And they're saying 0 to 60. <laughs> one, one second. 1.85 <laughs> seconds. 1.85 seconds. We're kind of getting to the point where even I'm saying that's ridiculously fast. Like, I, I don't want to get into like... you need a like, trip to the hospital right after yeah, you I, incur those G-forces. I don't want to get into the who needs it, where would you use it, because that's not what we do here. Obviously, we want the big horsepower. We like having the fun and, and all that, but... But... Uh, but it's getting to the point where, well, we know it's dangerously fast. <laughs> so, What kind of tire can get grip in that car? That's a good question. When they did the initial test, they just ran their Michelins or something on it or their Pirellis. Or I think they're running their Michelins on it. Uh, so I, I don't know that the issue is so much the 1.85 seconds, 0 to 60. Um, it's the 258-mile-an-hour top speed that also changes the tire. Uh Anyway, it's it, it's pretty nuts. Um, they're saying it could do up to 350 miles of range. Obviously, if you keep your foot out of the pedal, uh, you know. Um, Why buy it? So here's, not, here's the thing. I mean, come on. Well, yeah. I, who's going to go 350 miles and you know take it home? You charge it. It's a cars and coffee kind of thing. It's a fun thing. But if well, you want to take it to the drag strip, let's just say, hey man, uh, there's a run what you brung night. Well, they said it'll do 8.6 seconds, quarter mile. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I remember in the 90s and with the Fox Body Mustangs doing the battles against the Grand Nationals. And I remember like Storm and Norman had his his crazy Fox Body Mustang doing wheel stands and drag racing. I'm like, yeah, but he's running 10s. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and now cars are coming from the factory running 10s, if not running 9s. We've got SUVs that run 11s from the factory, right? I think the, 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 the damn Hellcat Durango runs 1150s in the quarter mile. This thing, 8.6 seconds. That is just insane. Insane. And now, to be able to do that, though, you have to come up with a car that has enough of the electronic nannies to try to keep you safe as possible and traction mm-hmm. control and stability and this and that. And and that's the tough part. Honestly, the easier part, as goofy as it sounds, 
is, is making it go fast. Is making it go fast. Is taking your 700 horsepower charger and making it 1500 horsepower. Sure, there's some weak links in there and your, you know, half shafts and things like that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> engine blocks and piston rings and rods and all that stuff. Yeah, sure, right? Because you're we going just after continue that. to name all the things we've upgraded on the charger <laughs> right now, so right. that we don't break them next. But but the truth is, is if if Dodge made a factory horsepower fifteen hundred horsepower vehicle, it would be a massive undertaking. You know, a fraction of what you have had to do on your car, even though it's been a big project, right? Obviously, that's just – there's a reliability thing. You want to make it last and be tough and, and try to be as safe as possible. But mm-hmm. honestly, the safety factor is all going to come down to you, the driver in that vehicle. 100%. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> it's, it's just – it's you and your right foot and your pucker level. <laughs> is that – I don't want to – bring your anus into the equation but i feel like that's that's the best gauge so the rimic is it all-wheel drive or is it yeah it's gonna all-wheel drive all-wheel four drive. motors it's gonna haul ass it's gonna be uh kind of fun i anyway, i just wanted to bring that up as a as a uh ridiculous tidbit yeah because it's a follow-up on what we were doing before um we're waiting a few minutes we're gonna get uh, our friend si- simon pagino uh an indycar driver but um while we're on this subject of of delays, by the way, Bronco has been delayed. Uh, chip issue is one thing, but the hard top is the other one. I think you might have gotten the email or the letter. Anybody's gotten the order in that said uh, uh, they're finding out. They literally say this is due to our Achilles heel in the launch, which is the hard top roofs. Our production capacity doesn't match up with the actual orders we received. There's far more orders for the Bronco than they thought, far more orders for the hardtop than they thought, and that is causing some pretty massive delays. Now, unfortunately, Ford is saying, we don't have a, we don't have a date. <laughs> uh, we're, we're saying, we're sorry. We're doing everything we can. They're pumping well, we'll millions of dollars. We'll give you a hundred bucks in, in accessories. That's right. You get a Bronco hat, maybe a scarf or something, and, and you'll get some... Uh, some things to play around with, but uh, just I mean, between... I would have reacted quite differently if I didn't plan this in its entirety because, you know, we had a year to play with. Yeah. Gage's birthday, you know, was a couple of weeks ago, and so I knew it was going to be postponed, and so it was perfect. The thing comes out a year later, I'm fine with that, but that's even going to be in question. Yeah. Um, all right, well, listen, let's bring... Uh... Let's bring Simon on, and uh, we'll we'll chat with him as well. But man, all kinds of uh, crazy stuff happening with all the delays between pandemic and between chip delays and between uh, this and that, and who knows what. But um, uh, here we go. Here's our friend Simon Pagano. How are you, Simon? Can you hear us? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you. Well, nice. congratulations. Here's a guy that's had uh, – it's good to see you again, brother. Congratulations <laughs> this weekend. Uh, talk about a whirlwind past couple of – I think the last time we physically saw each other was Long Beach Grand Prix a few years ago. Uh, yeah. And then this the, the, the planet turned into a complicated marble. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, tell me about it, <laughs> uh, man. But past few years, uh, 2019, you win the Indy 500. 
Uh, you you get married to your longtime sweetheart. You have a brand new baby at home. You go back to the Indy 500. And I, tell us what happened at the start because you, well, the punchline, obviously, everybody who watched Simon is on the podium, plays third at the Indy 500. Uh, I, you, I'm sure you couldn't be happier with that uh, right now. Um, I'm sure Norman's happy with it. <laughs> Because <laughs> we love Norman, we all follow Norman on uh, on Instagram as well. But starting twenty sixth, what happened in qualifying that uh, puts you at sort of the back of the grid? It takes a little bit of a breath out of your lungs, you know, going into Indy five hundred twenty sixth on the grid. But good team, yeah. good car, good driver. What happened on yes. the for qualifying? Anyway, th- first of all, it's great to be on the show, and and thanks for having me again. Uh, I always have a good time here. So. Um, you know, it's racing, man. I tell you, racing is, it's, it's not a science, man. It's like, there's a little bit of magic sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, and we saw it, I think with Elio winning his fourth, um, Indy 500, you know, the race chooses you. But anyways, we, we prepared so hard for this race as a team. And, you know, I can only back up my team here because I know how hard they worked. And something went wrong. Something went wrong. All four cars were slow in qualifying. And they're still trying to understand what happened. But what people don't understand is we cannot simulate the speed at Indianapolis in any wind tunnel in the world. It doesn't exist. You can't go that fast in a wind tunnel. You only go 200 miles an hour. So when you go 240 on the track, there are things happening with the aerodynamics that we don't really know about. And that's that's the beauty. That's why Indianapolis is so special because there's still a bit of a mystery uh, we certainly missed on something, but uh, we were able to, for some reason, when the car went back to race mode, um, we were really strong. And I knew it. Um, and we did everything we could to come back to the front. And, and I was really happy to to fight with them at the end. You know, um, a fantastic race. Uh, two, I believe, two yellow flags, which actually seems pretty low. Uh, I want to say one of the fastest, if not the fastest Indy 500 averaged like 190, just over 190 miles an hour, uh, on average for the thing. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And you're, yes, you're talking about speeds of hitting 240, but, uh, the split between first and second and third, I mean, we're talking fractions of a second. This is like, it was very competitive toward the end. And, uh, you know, of course, as you said, there's there's a hardworking team, there's a hardworking driver, there's a little bit of magic involved, a little bit of luck, some strategy and stuff involved. And uh, I mean, I tell you, I mean, it's tough to say, hey, what if this, what if that? But honestly, you were coming out of there toward the end of that race with fuel, with fresh tires, and some pretty some pretty big speeds. I feel like if it was one more lap, one one uh, two hundred one laps, two hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it still hurts a little bit. You know, I'm not gonna lie; it still hurts because you know you, you know, you're, we're so competitive, um, and I'm so competitive. And it was a shock attack, man. I was just on it. I could smell the blood. I could see these guys up front and I was catching them at such high rate of speed. And I was like, man, I think I've got this. I've got this. And you believe, you believe, you believe. And at the end of the race, the last 20 laps, I was doing stuff with the race car that I've never done before just because it's the Indy 500. So 
Um, yeah, just came up a bit short. I believe I finished half a second behind Elio. Yeah, but here, so, uh, and that's yeah. the and 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 Pelot in the middle, right? Yeah, and, Pelot, so- I was basically at start finish because of a uh, we caught the back of the pack basically. And they were saving fuel, and my car was set up for uh, running in the pack, so more cars was better for me, and that's why on the last lap I was able to pass uh, Pato. And I was about to pass Palou on the start-finish line. So we finished side-by-side on start-finish line. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's only 500 miles. That's that's what it is. <laughs> that's, no, that's what it is. <laughs> Simon, congratulations. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful race. Obviously, we know that you would have loved to have finished first. But I want to back up a second. What was it like with the crowd back? You know, as a performer who's been out in front of nobody and done my job and had no interaction whatsoever because there was no crowd, go and and it looks like the WWE is going back to a live crowd here next month. What was it like for you? I mean, obviously, Indy 500, huge event, but to have the crowd back and to have what a special moment. I mean, it, it had to be unbelievable. Absolutely. I can't even imagine doing what you do without the fans, actually, because you need that interaction. You know, it gives you and I you totally would understand because I I personally I use the energy. I use people's energy to propel myself. You know, I 100%. I love that. I just, you know, it gives me it gives me wings. You know, it's, yeah. it's it gives me desire to do better. You feel relevant in your sport when you have the crowd around you um, and to I mean, the 500, seeing all these people, people smiling. The ceremony before the race was beautiful. And, and you just felt, okay, we're back to normal. And now we can let's go. <laughs> just enjoy it and let's go, you know. Um, I enjoyed it. And you could tell, like, you could tell there was something new going on. Like, we mm. reset it. And we're yeah. going to be even having more fun, be even stronger as as a crowd, you know, uh, but I guess it was the biggest event after COVID in the world. So that's oh, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. So it's, it's interesting because you're bringing up, uh, bringing up the crowd and bill, like, as you said, you've done a WrestleMania with a pack capacity. You've done a WrestleMania with zero capacity, <laughs> zero people there and right. And having to basically perform to a camera, uh, instead of to an audience. To me, yeah. To me, it felt like practice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same. But, Absolutely the same. But uh, Simon, when you're, you know, last year, of course, you know, it's an exciting race and, and uh, uh, but now getting back in front of the audience, what is it, what do you feel and what do you hear in the car when you're, it's, it's interesting because I'm actually thinking about the aero screen, the halo as well. Uh, maybe it's quieter in the car now. Can you hear the audience? We can't hear, no. We can't hear. I mean, the engine's screaming. It's so screaming. We've got, we've got earbuds, but you sweat, right? And I know, I'm the most painful driver there is in IndyCar with earbuds. And the poor earbud lady, she hates me because, <laughs> because I sweat a lot and, yeah. and they pop out, you know? They pop out. So I have oh, yeah. to have a really tight helmet. But then through the race, you know, you, you relax a little bit. And through the corners, you, your helmet moves a little bit. And it gets so loud, you're actually screaming on the radio to hear your strategist. 
because the engine's so loud. Right, of course. But, uh, they just hear you screaming. They're like, why are you, why yeah. are you yelling at me? Everything's fine. Exactly. <laughs> and, and if you're leading the race, you're very quiet. But if you're not leading, you're screaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? But, yeah. Not a lot of yeah, talking if you're up front. Exactly. Well, I can't hear the crowd, but you could, you could sense something going on. I got to say, it's... Um, I love it. I love it. It's awesome. With that many people out there, you got to be able to feel it in some instances. You know, just be able to just glance up for I don't know if you can. It feels like if you glance up into the audience for even a millisecond, you're you're off someplace you shouldn't be. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was pretty pretty hard to go two forty and look at the crowd. <laughs> hey, how you doing? What's up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, a little bit of a strategy uh, on uh, on your part and on the team. When you guys are going into the race, uh, you know, you're on the field at 22nd uh, or 26, right? 26. What what was the plan going in? I mean, other than just be awesome and haul ass. But <laughs> Pretty much what it was. <laughs> Is that it? Is that just kind of like, eh, no, let's just, just, just have at it. Who knows? You know? Yeah, um, we... we- yeah, sorry, go ahead. What is the pregame discussion? What is the discussion with you, your team, Penske, you know, uh, you know, everybody at this point? Even the, I don't know, maybe I don't know how involved the sponsors are, but obviously they're very happy today <laughs> with uh, yes. with the way things are. Menards in the team, but what's the pregame discussion going, "Hey, you know, we we've got you know, we've got a day we're, we know we're on 26, we're in the grid. It's a very very competitive race." Nobody out there wants this more than each individual person, right? Everybody's just going nuts out there. Uh, yeah. what, what's what's that discussion like? Well, so on Saturday morning, actually, I met with my uh, my crew. So the, you know, on the team, there's there's a lot of different people, and they do different things. They have we have the engineers. Engineers they set the race car up for the race, working with me to give me what I need, feel comfortable in the race car. Then we have the mechanics, and you got to think about that. Those guys. They work so hard. They come in in the morning at 7, they have the track, and they leave the track in the evening at 8 p.m. at the earliest if the car hasn't been damaged. And that's every day through the two weeks period of time. Um, and these guys, they grind. And they also do the pit stops. Think about that. And you saw my pit box was the first pit box where everybody spun and crashed into my pit box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So... When I met with them, I knew this because I could feel like it was very challenging to get into um, the pit speed limit at that speed. We're going so fast. I told them, I said, guys, one thing. I need you during the pit stops. I'm going to need you through the race. Uh, I'm going to have to be very careful because I feel it's very challenging. And if it's challenging for me, it's very challenging for the others. So be ready, heads up. There will be guys spinning. And you don't want to get wiped out because then um, I'm a guy down uh, and also for their own safety. So we started to talk like that. I explained that I felt really comfortable in the race car, that I was going to attack the whole time. Uh, but I needed them to be 100% focused during the pit stop, just focused on doing their job and think about nothing else. Very impressive when you know there's guys coming up, sliding, and you know you still have to change the tires. So these guys don't get enough credit. But uh, – that was Saturday morning. Sunday morning, just before the race, we had a strategy meeting with my engineers and um, the guys doing the fuel strategy, the guy talking to me on the radio. And, you know, the strategy was very clear. Just go. 
just go. <laughs> don't don't worry about fuel. Just go and pass people and uh, give us a good Simon Pagano day, you know. Uh, so uh, that's what we did. And in the end, they they had a they because of situations, crashes, and whatever happened in front, they created a really good strategy, and we were able to fight it out at the end. It's it's amazing how you can kind of go in with a strategy, but it has to. V- really be organic it needs to be able to change on the fly Absolutely. now interesting that when you when you are starting at the back of the field you're right the strategy is just just get out there and do whatever the hell you need to do and then we'll start to narrow down you know a more yeah. exact strategy as you go but if you're on the pole then it's it's like how do you stay up front the whole time or as close to up front you can't lead the whole time you'll you'll definitely burn through fuel and uh you know like it's a little bit different kind of strategy and talk about the team i mean uh uh i tell you, you know another good friend of ours uh, Graham Ray Hall had a bit of bad luck i mean yeah. uh his that's his, heartbreaking you know we feel bad for him but you know he's going to he, He's already regrouped. He's got to look forward to the next race. But, you know, his team went out with a pretty good strategy as as well. You know, the, the previous race, uh, he was very angry at the beginning. He felt like he did a stop he didn't need to. And the team's like, we'll get back to you. We'll come up with something. And he did very well. But in this race, um, uh, a strategy kind of similar, I would say, to yours in that uh, he didn't need another stop toward the toward the end. Uh he wouldn't have needed a, an additional stop like some of the other guys did at the the last few laps of the race. They needed another stop. Uh, he wouldn't have, so he, he had the the potential of of placing very well, but just uh, just some bad luck on the part of uh, yeah. of of the team. I just don't know what happened. Just a, a, the the lug nut or something was was not on correctly, or not fastened, or not tightened down. And as soon as he came out of the pits, that rear tire flew off. I'm not sure if you saw it, Bill. Rear yeah. tire flew oh, yeah. off, and and Graham uh, hit the wall, and everything just happened so quickly. I mean, just that tire almost uh, almost caused a, uh, a gnarly accident. Too. That's right. Again, yeah. with with the with the windscreens and the halo. <laughs> thank God for that. Or or. Or whoever, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, for for making that happen. But uh, that's racing. You're like you're saying it's if if the team and your crew isn't dialed in 100, percent it it shows in the race results. And I'm not I'm not even talking about something catastrophic like what happened to uh, Graham and his team. Just the slightest little thing. You, you spend an extra second, half a second in the pit. And it changes your life. You you said yourself the difference between first and third was half a second. Yeah. No, I mean it's 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 about it's about details, you know, at this level. Um it's about details. It's not just about the driver being a hundred percent, it's about everybody being on their game that day. Um and, and you need the equipment to, to be on the on the game too, you know, like maybe they had a gun problem. I don't know. Maybe the gun didn't work properly. Uh, maybe it's not even the mechanic's fault, you know, um, that the lock nut didn't tighten. Um, it's crazy. We actually saw there was a Formula One race in Monaco the other day. Uh, Bottas was second and the tire never came off the, the hub. So yeah. the race was over, you know. Uh, there's still mechanical side of things, very interesting. And, and it's great to see that it's still a part of it. Well, speaking of that, you've done some endurance races, quite a few. You've been at Le Mans, at Daytona, and 
now you really start you really get to test parts parts failures things like that it's i mean yeah. talk about an endurance race it's it's how many laps can you finish in that certain amount of time and and you've been you've been through it all i mean obviously you're doing you know amazingly well in indycar are you still driving some sports cars as well what else are you driving I am actually, I just, um, I'm driving for another team called Action Express. Um, I'm driving a Cadillac, but it's, uh, it's a prototype. Coolest <laughs> car ever. Uh, it's really cool. It's got a, a big V8 and, um, it's, it, it looks like an IndyCar, but the wheels are covered. Okay. Uh, and it's really fast. And, um, we raced the 24 hours of Daytona at the beginning of the year, January. Yeah. Finish second. <laughs> Actually, uh, 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 it hurts. Yeah, yeah, it well, you're on Elio again. I was just going to say, uh, your friend Elio, uh, yeah. he did very well. He won 24 he hours of Daytona, and then he the old did. man showed up at Indy and uh, it did well there. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I love that yeah. everyone thinks he's old because he's 46. Easy with the old, old man stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. like he's 46 oh, year old. Actually, you know what's he's what's 40. really great is he gave me another 10 years of my career. So that's really 100. Fantastic. You know, 100, which is the most important part of this. You will take third to extend your career 10 more years. <laughs> well, he's a teammate that's of a yours. Good point. I like that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, he's a teammate of yours as well. So I saw you guys. Obviously, uh, very happy for the way the, the entire team performed. But uh, but it was kind of funny. I saw a couple of the sound bites in the clips, and um, and Pelo did great. But Pelo's the young kid out there, and uh, I I think you went over to, to Helio or said something to the press, going, "Hey, listen, great news for the veterans, great news for the old guys uh, getting first and third. I, and it's hard to believe that thirty seven, I guess, and, and forty six are the are the old guys, right? But uh, that's true. Uh, it's not that old. I feel like I feel better than I did when I was twenty two. So I don't understand what they're talking about. I don't understand know? it either. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean. Uh, you know, Bill's got to go in the ring. He's got to go fight the kids. He's got to go at some point. Yeah. He's got he's to get back in the ring and and, uh, and fight the youngsters. When and, are you guys? Uh, when are you guys getting back to normal? Uh, it looks like the middle of July, hundred percent capacity. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Here in uh, in in uh, in Texas, we'll, I think we're running three shows. But I think the seventeenth of July is the first. First night back with 100% capacity. I mean, this year they had WrestleMania with, I think, 25%, which was still huge comparatively. Um, but I, I, I'm very much looking forward to performing in front of a full crowd again. I bet, yeah. You, you got starving. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's an interesting thing because um, it's it's – Bill, you've always talked about, like – not necessarily always wanted to get back into the ring, but always wanted to perform in front of the fans because it's such a a fan sport. Um, but uh, but Simon, you you've got a couple of things going on. You've got getting in the car, well, because it's your job, and and for the fans for Indy, but you still do all this other racing, and it's just part of like it's basically your version of going to the gym, right? Just keeping in shape. Uh, you know, by, yeah. by doing all these other races. Yeah, it's, um, well, you know, I want to, I love racing in general. You know, I love what I do in IndyCar and Indy, Indianapolis for me is the race. And I want to try to win multiple ones. You know, that's, that's a dream of mine. Uh, but also at some point I want to go back to the 24 hours of Le Mans. Uh, 
I finished second there back in 2011. Yeah. It's the last time I was there. I'd love to go back and have a chance because, um, you know, it's a, it's a big race in France. It's the first race I ever saw as a kid. I was six. And, uh, man, it would be very special to um, try and win it. You know, I, I can't say to win it because I haven't done it, but to try, go out there and fight for the win, I think is, um, for me as an athlete, is, is what it's all about. You know, even last Sunday I finished third. Yes, I wish I won, but just fighting it out. Just being in the show, you know, Bill, I think you totally understand that. Just just feeling like you're part of the show, uh, part of greatness is what I'm really into. kind of gives you – it's not that you were lacking it, but it kind of gives you a purpose again. It gives you a bit of the reasoning behind why you do what you do. It's yeah. not 100% you in the vehicle. It's also the interaction between all the people in the world that love what you do. So, yeah. you know, Absolutely. we all have a job to do, but – but the job extends way beyond that. And with the crowd back, it, 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 it gives you that little extra push inside to do what you have to do. Exactly. Like I, like I said, the last 20 laps, I did things in a race car that I've never done before because it pushed me further. Right? It pushed my limits away. And um, in what, I, what we do, I think it's when you can push those limits, it's, it's, it's such a great feeling because you're finding more. You keep finding more. It's, it's phenomenal. During Indy 500, was there a moment in the race where there was sort of this aha moment, the moment where you were on the radio with your team or your team was on the radio with you going, we do have a <laughs> shot at this. Now, you know, now we need to – let's let's really make sure we really have a shot at this. Uh, you, you always did, but obviously starting where you started and working up the ranks, as you're climbing through uh, – you know, the field, w- was there this aha moment of you going, Hey guys, <laughs> there was, there was, um, there was the, the last restart. Uh, I believe I was in 13th position and I carved my way. Through, yeah. I carved my way through eight on the restart and I've never done an outside pass in India before. And I just did it. <laughs> and, uh, and my whole team was like, that was it. That's what we needed. That was and, it. Uh, and I just felt like they, I felt the excitement in my strategist voice, which he doesn't get excited ever. And I was like, okay, now we're seventh. We've got a shot. And I could see the leader. I knew I had enough laps now to, uh, to go and fight. So uh, I definitely, at that point, that's when I turned it up as well. I just, you know, uh, kind of turned off my brain, as I say. Yeah. And, um, and that's when the shock started, the shock attack started. That's nice. right. That's when your adrenaline's pumping and you're like, yeah. my ears are sweating. I can't hear you guys anymore. I'll see you at the end anymore. of the race. Yeah, I won't save any more fuel. Forget it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, what, what's amazing is you still have adrenaline to call on at that point of the race after what you've done for three hours prior to that. Yeah, so. yeah no, it's, it's almost a survival instinct that kicks in um, where you, you just go find more and um, you didn't even know it was there. It's, it's, it's really... My favorite fitting in racing. Well, I'm absolutely in awe of what you guys do, and congratulations again for third. I know you're going to come back and, and, and win it again in the future, but uh, bravo. Thank you, Bill. I really appreciate it. I've also been watching a lot what you do, and my wife is a big fan of yours, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if you need your cars to be driven, 
I'm uh, here for you. Okay. You know, <laughs> any, any, anytime. Anytime. Please, dear God. Yes. Yes, sir. Um, well, uh, looking forward to seeing you at a race, Simon. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. I'm, I'm sure you're going to be uh, – Busy with a, a ton more interviews and stuff, but being able to jump on with us just days after the race, we really do appreciate that. I think uh, Long Beach is going to be rescheduled for September now, so uh, I, I think it has, yeah, yeah. We've so got, uh, Long Beach, Portland, Long Beach, and uh, Laguna Seca. Yeah, uh, so right in September. Yep. Chris, Long Beach Grand Prix in September of this year. It's going to feel a little weird, but uh, I think it'll be great. Uh, to go out there and and we'll come out we'll definitely say hi and uh uh bill i'm kind of hoping you can even make it out to california and uh, now that you're in texas come back to california for a stint we won't even tell anybody you're here and we'll just go over and uh watch the race i'm there (laughs) um i think it would be uh i think it would be fun uh, event to do but simon thank you so much we'll let you go we're going to wrap things up here but uh, always appreciate it my friend we'll see you soon guys follow simon pagino on instagram and twitter he's at simon pagino uh and also you know his entire team his teammates team penske menard's team we can't uh thank you guys enough for putting everything together to make this happen putting this fucking guy in the car and making things uh awesome happen <laughs> thank you thank uh, you thank you so much congratulations simon thank, thank you, you again me on the show on. today thank you thanks guys uh, i want to tell you guys of course by uh, about our friends at mcguire's you know after the last few years mcguire's has launched the next generation of protective products spe- specifically toward uh, geared towards diyers their new hybrid ceramic line of products they have their spray wax that's the one in the uh, bright blue bottle it's got the advanced sio2 hybrid technology delivers ceramic wax protection and durability beyond traditional wax And then they've got their liquid wax as well, their hybrid ceramic liquid wax. Again, that long-lasting ceramic protection in an easy-to-use wax. Then they have the spray detailer. This is the one we carry around pretty much everywhere. It's the hybrid ceramic spray detailer. Great for uh, boosting that shine in between washings and uh, removes dust, fingerprints, bird droppings, all that stuff that you want to just get off the paint immediately. And the new product for them is their hybrid ceramic wash and wax. It's in the bright orange bottle. It has that unique two liquid system together in one bucket. Uh, you blend it all in, you get a wash, you get a wax all in once, get that added protection. So Meguiar's has a ceramic hybrid solution for everyone. It's ceramic made easy. It's Meguiar's. Uh, awesome to catch up with uh, with Simon. Certainly appreciate, uh, as we're recording this, we're only just a few days off of uh, off of that race. So I know everybody's going to be uh, going to be busy with uh, with PR and stuff. Obviously, that that. It's a big jump in points as well. It's a good payday. It's a big jump in points. Uh, so he's uh, and he's like gonna, I said, look at his future. Now it's been extended a couple more uh, years. It really seems that way. And you know, and Elio's <laughs> a, a teammate of his. Uh, if you guys want to hear more about uh, Elio Castroneva, is uh, a friend of the show as well. Uh, Adam and I are going to be talking to him later this week. So tune in for that. Um, one more thing I want to tell you guys, of course, our. our is a word from our friends at Dodge. You know, Dodge has officially opened orders of the 2021 Durango SRT Hellcat. There you go. Oh, look at the hat. You got the Mopar, the the elephant hat, the 426. Yeah, the uh, only one I don't have. The only one you don't have. You don't have the crate engine stashed away somewhere? No. No, sir. All right. All right. I don't believe you, but it's okay. That would mean another project. I was just going <laughs> to say, well, you've got the truck. You've still got the uh, – what's the, what's the crazy vintage – I don't know. Oh, it was M seven one five. Yeah, yeah, that's got the, the original Hellcat motor that came out of the Chargers going up. Oh, there you go. 
All right. Well, speaking of Hellcat motors, the uh, the Durango SRT has the 710 horsepower Hellcat engine in it. It's got that aggressive styling that we talked about before, kind of based off of the Charger wide body. And that new uh, infotainment system, the upgraded uh, Uconnect 5, and all buyers of the of the SRT Hellcat will get a full day of pro instruction at the Radford Racing School. If you got your order in, don't worry, you will be able to get one of these, but they are exclusive to 2021. And as you know, Dodge was ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com today to schedule a test drive. The question is, the first 2,000, are those going to be 2021s? And then the additional ones that they're allowing people to purchase, are those going to be 2022s? And I, what's the value? Get yeah, you know, I think they're all going to be, I think they're all going to be 2021s. But actually, you brought up an interesting point, because when I was talking to the guys at four, they said, hey, your Mach 1 is scheduled for August. But if there is a delay, it's like the potentially any new specs or maybe just like new colors or something could be available for 22. And he goes, and then you would have the option. They would give me the option to take a look at that before. It's funny how they <laughs> tell you the positive with yeah. the underlying yeah. shit storm of the negativity. They're, not being they're like, we're going to build your car. <laughs> Don't worry about it. But if you do want to wait longer or if there's a delay out of our control, we might be able to sweeten the pot with maybe new options or or something. And and I go, yeah, okay. Like I said, I told them as much as I like, I want the car. I'm excited about it. It's a new toy, but that's what it is. It's a new toy. So I said, don't don't worry about it. Uh, uh, but then I was like, yeah. Um, speaking of delays and putting orders <laughs> in, what's going on with the with the Raptor R, the V8? And uh, <laughs> he was perfect. My guy goes. Uh, he goes, I only handle the Mustangs. <laughs> uh, he didn't say you need to talk to this guy or talk to my counterpart or email this person. He just goes, yeah, I, I only handle the Mustang fleet. <laughs> I don't think that's a positive answer. <laughs> I don't think it was a positive answer. Uh, he was like, I don't know. Uh, I guess you'd go Let back to your dealer. Let someone else give you the bad news. Yeah, go back and talk to your, to your dealer. He was just saying, he wasn't saying delay or not delay. He was just saying, Good luck. I'm Everybody's not, I'm asking. Not qualified to give you the answer to the delay or no delay. Right. And he's not in charge of the list. You know, there the you pre-order go. list. He's saying there's somebody else who manages that. He was he didn't say shit show, but he was basically saying, Good luck. Everybody <laughs> wants that truck. Uh even more than the Mach one. <laughs> and then I, I did this move. I was just t- testing the waters. And I said, you know, with all these delays in the Mach one. Is the GT500 also delayed? <laughs> and thinking maybe I would switch. And he was like, yes, also delayed. Chip shortage. I was like, eh, <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Yeah. I was like, I know it's a lot more money, but now I'm starting to think, oh, maybe just do I get the car sooner if I switch and say I want a GT500? Because now it's interesting. But uh, anyway, that's all that's going on. We're kind of running out of time here. But uh uh, huge thanks to Simon Pagano for being on the show. As we said, Simon Pagano, that's what you want to follow on Instagram and Twitter. Pagano is P-E-G-E-N-A-U-D. 
It's very French. It's easy for you to spell. Yeah, because it's in front of me. Because <laughs> it's in front of me. I got the notes in front of me. Uh, guys, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll see you out in Barrett-Jackson in a couple of weeks. I believe Vegas is going to be pretty open. Oh, I was told that Barrett-Jackson is still following their internal rules. So there's going to be masks required and some social distancing. And I think the bidders are going to be off sort of little clear plexiglass pods or something going on. But we're still expecting uh, a very big audience there. And look, you've been cooked up for a year. Go on a little weekend vacation. Come see us out there Friday, Saturday. Cool Come have cars, a drink cool with us. That's it. Come have a drink with us. Follow Drink Bravago, and we will keep you guys updated on that. It's Goldberg95 and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. Follow them. And uh, follow me at Motorator. But uh, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Until next time, keep the air and the spare in the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.